You're listening to Interviews, the podcast that cracks the entrepreneurship code. I'm your host, Laurent Autain. I'm an entrepreneur, coach to entrepreneurs, and startup mentor with more than 20 years' experience running companies and advising entrepreneurs. Being an entrepreneur is the most difficult job there is. There are no practical guidelines. So join me every week and learn how you can better navigate your entrepreneurship journey and become an exceptional entrepreneur. Hi, thank you for joining me. This is Interviews, episode 107. And I have a special program for you today. We are going to dig deep inside Cocoon, which is an organization that helps grow businesses by growing the business funders. So Cocoon was established in 2014 in Estonia. It offers a one-year self-discovery and company growth program through personal mentoring. It's based on the principle that funders' personal growth is an unfair advantage that can boost the organization's growth as well. And in order to get a 360-degree view, view on Cocoon and its program and results, I have invited three Cocoon guests. First, Risto Nieland is Cocoon co-founder, CEO, and also a mentor. Risto dreamed of becoming a professional basketball player, but ankle surgery made him give up. The same happened in his disc golf career. So it became obvious that it was never an injury that really stopped him. Now he is an entrepreneur supporting leaders and top athletes in tackling their real challenges. Next with me is Marcel Gasser, one of the top Cocoon mentors. Marcel successfully founded 10 plus companies but his life changed after a brain tumor. His healing journey brought him to 100 plus countries. He met crazy entrepreneurs, healers, and shamans. Today, he's a retired nomad, helping entrepreneurs and investors as a mentor to become aligned with their purpose, clarity, and joy. And last but not least is Mariana Hackstrom, one of the top Cocoon alumni. Mariana is an attorney at law and legal tech startup. She's also avocado founder and CEO. She has been practicing corporate and information technology law for more than 10 years before the transition from the legal practice to legal tech in 2016. Hello guys, thank you very much for joining me today. Three guests with three different perspectives, but one thing in common, Cocoon. Let's dig into it. I'm going to start with Risto. Can you tell us a little bit about Cocoon? You know, how did how did it start? Uh, what service do you offer, etc. Mm -hmm. So, uh, as usually, companies start from some kind of pain or problem. Yes. So it was not different uh, with Cocoon, and uh, and the, the problem that. Uh, we found out the initial founder of, of the Cocoon is Rain Lemberpool, and uh, I joined it later as a uh, late co-founder. But uh, the problem was a uh, rather simple one, meaning uh, the realization that uh, uh, all the founders have necessary information and good advice in order to make good business. So there is no lack of advice, no lack of uh, information. But what is missing is the then know how about oneself, about how to make this advice 
like really practical how to put, put this uh, into execution and uh, this understanding came from uh, actually rain's own uh, uh, investment portfolio that the first uh, worked together uh, gave a lot of good advice only to find out after two years that okay but actually that's not used mm-hmm. and uh, that got the interest of uh, okay what is actually holding the, the founders back and uh, and this this was the beginning of uh, figuring out that uh, okay but maybe there is some other kind of support that uh, can be offered and uh, now the support is uh, understanding about uh, oneself is like why? Why I cannot put perfectly good advice into execution, even if I want? And basically, this is the area where we are working with Cocoon. Right. On, a, on the homepage of uh, your website, the headline is Change Your Reality. What, what does it mean? This is my favorite one. Uh, first, uh, what, how, how the reality is created. Uh, it's uh, created by the thoughts. Yes. If I think about something one way, then this is my reality. And now what's evident is that uh, humans tend to think about same things the same way. And um, sometimes even the whole their lifetime, which then creates what that they will react the same way to similar situations. They will uh, take the same actions. So it is pretty much a loop. Just the face value changes, but the actions and thoughts and everything are, are the same. So how to change the reality is changing the thinking. Mm. And how to change the thinking is sometimes even forcefully to act differently. For example, if every time somebody starts to yell on a meeting, I'm going into corner and just waiting them to calm down, then maybe just one time I will try to stand up and go and give them a hug. Super random thing. But this is already an actual change because now you did something differently and the ripple effect can be whatever. So this is what we mean with that. Change your reality means change your thinking through what you're changing your reactions and actions. Nice. Let me turn to uh, Mariana now. Why, why did you uh, join the program? What was your reality, by the way, before you joined, before you joined Coco? I'm jumping back to my introduction as well. I mean, for me uh, and my background where I was coming and, uh, and I was uh, like, I, I, I like to say I was uh, trained to be a good lawyer, to be a partner, to managing the other really like a highly intelligent bunch of lawyers who are like hunters. And, uh, and uh, this was a totally different mindset for me to being in the law business and then coming to the startup. And, uh, and I like to um, I think about life like, I mean, it's a, like a metro station or journey. And there are some kind of station when you jump off. Uh, and I was along in this law firm uh, station. And when mm. I jumped off with the startup and I founded the startup, I found like I... I'm missing something. I mean, the, the thing I was trained for is not good enough for the startup. 
and I need, like, like Krista said, uh, you need different kind of thinking. I, I felt like I, I need a different mindset. Uh, I mean, looking at the failures, looking at the like experiments, uh, looking at the perfectionism. I mean, all different things that we were used to in the law firm and we were really tough at. Then suddenly I needed a different mindset actually to succeed in the startup and in the leadership and work with my empathy and uh, the methods we are working, supporting our team members to actually, because we went to the totally uh, undiscovered area. There was no models. I mean, how we are going there, how we can be certain that what we are doing actually will create a good result and, and actually will help my company. And then the failing, uh, the fear of, um, <clears throat> fear of failing and all these kinds of things you wanted to be sure. And, uh, and actually, then uh, I got a call from uh, Rista, and uh, and uh, actually I remember that call that I again was really in um, in, a, in a, like a speed of doing things and hurry, and then and even was like upset, like I mean that I was just disturbed in my flow. I really like to be in a, like a deep flow uh, working mode, and then like what basically saying like what do you want? I mean in in a, in a not very nice way, but he was so calm and taking me like to that journey, and then. I could curious because being like I mean I mean self-development curiosity that's something I'm re like really drives me and I got like curious and that's actually was a really the trigger for me why I wanted to learn more and then I joined um, uh, then I joined uh, uh, by invitation uh, one training day and it was virtual because uh, I was COVID and it was not possible to go on site actually nowadays and before that it was uh, I understand it was all uh, all uh, like on site and meeting people, but then it was virtual. But it was already uh, such a good experience for me, and um, and um, and uh, I really like the people. And um, I mean, you really have to think. I mean, what kind of people with what kind of thinking you? Um, uh, what can I mean? What are the people around you? Hmm. And that was something I wanted to be around these people. I wanted to learn more, I discover more. If it's going to give me something and will unlock me some kind of understanding myself, but I'm missing. I, I feel like I'm stuck. That, mm. that long, long, I, a long explanation, but uh, in general, yeah, that's uh, like a backstory and how I landed to a uh, Gokun program. Mm. No, it makes, it makes perfect sense. And uh, well, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go back uh, later on about this, this, what you talk about, you know, I'm stuck, the, the mindset. But first, first, I want to hear a little bit about from uh, Marcel. Marcel, you, you, you have a lot of uh, experience as a mentor, as a coach. What, what makes Cocoon uh, different? Yeah, that's always a good question. I would say first and uh, far most important is the people. Because mm. as you could expect, the mentoring um, can be done in various ways. So it depends highly on the people. Um, I'm humble enough to say also that, of course, it's the people, also the company who joined Cocoon. So the magic is a is a kind of a, a, um, collective, um, it's the collective of mentees and mentors. But I would say, of course, it's the people. Pesto, how, do you, how are you feeling hearing that? Right now, I'm just so uplifted. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, one can imagine that in this kind of field, it's it's not maybe usual way to do business. Mm -hmm. Like business is about numbers, yes, and we are talking about people. 
which also will lead to numbers, but this is not the focus, it's the focus is on the quality of life. To here, like to be here and uh, hear all the good stuff is very uplifting uh, because of course uh, I'm also doing sales. I get a lot of rejections that man, like I don't have time for that. I'm very busy at building my company. Mm. But uh, fortunately, more and more now, the same people are coming back after a year or two years that, okay, I'm still running around and the numbers are better, but I actually like my quality of life is, has not changed. So let's talk again. So the, the main difference is that the focus is on the, on the people and how they perceive their own life. How, how good of a life I, I am living. So can, can you tell us a little bit about, you know, what uh, that, that one year program, what the one year self-discovery and company growth program? So it has different components, yes. And uh, it mainly entails uh, personal mentoring, like one-on-one, which we have mm-hmm. been talking about, about today. Then there is also part of business consulting because we are working with entrepreneurs, yes, like, how to change your structure, how to negotiate something. So these are also part of it. Then there are uh, now again, fortunately, uh, live trainings, which uh, gives the element of actually seeing other founders in the open environment. Because Mm -hmm. in conferences, you will see how good everything is. On our trainings, you see what's the actual struggle. And uh, this uh, sense of, being in the same place, like unity, that I'm not the only one who is struggling with finding the right uh, market fit or uh, solving some uh, team issues, like everybody has those. So it's just this realization already is a big value. And and then uh, I would say like the last uh, main element is uh, therapeutic work, which means uh, actually giving support of overstressed uh, feeling depression, uh, running out of energy, uh, all those kinds of things uh, are supported to, mm. to find the, the source again. But Mariana, what was the, the, the best part for, for you for, uh, about this program? That's a good question. So actually, yeah, like Arista said, it's uh, like different components inside the program. And, uh, and um, I had a, uh, at later stage, a very good training day. Marcel actually was one of the mentors in the training day. Okay. And, uh, and the discussion actually, I mean, a provoked discussion about, I mean, what Rista said as well, uh, that joy and fulfillment of the life. I mean, not just the running around the startup, you could, I mean, there's so many things needs to be done and uh, and uh, actually you think you have skills as well but you're missing the joy and actually how to bring that joy and fulfillment back to your life and you actually enjoy what you're doing and and you don't feel i'm stuck in my startup because i'm founder and the startup basically is me i mean how i can be um i actually learned a very good concept from uh, cocoon which is impeccability and i'm practicing it basically all the time when i'm thinking i mean what i'm doing and does i what, gave... what is what is that what is that concept I mean, Rista can speak about it more because 
Uh, that's uh, I mean basically um, basically it's uh, opposite it's not really opposite but something which is work better for human being and and uh, I uh, for like opposite to perfectionism like I mean you want to achieve something which is perfect but you uh, as a founder or as a human being you're giving your past at that certain time period with your skill set and knowledge you give your best and then actually when we had that discussion with Marcel, I don't know if you remember, but I'm actually using it still um, sometimes. And when I'm talking to other people as well, and we came to the concept of zero gravity. So when you're doing your best and, uh, and uh, giving your best with your knowledge then, and then basically you have zero gravity because there is no regrets. I mean, I gave my best outcome. I mean, it's not related to outcome, but what you actually do. And uh, and uh, you, you, you're you not into something which is coming in the future and you cannot control, but something you can control right now. I mean, my action, my thoughts, what I do, I, how I think about or how I feel about and uh, and these kind of things. And I, I really, I mean, these are the gifts. I mean, there's so many gifts. I mean, I could tell them a lot, but there's many gifts actually. I mean, for me, especially because of this perfection in this thing. And I mean, tailoring things to the perfection and then not letting go and, and, and really being like, I'm feeling like my face is in every detail. I mean, my face, my reputation, everything that I have built. And then if I'm actually putting something out, which is not perfect, which is, I mean, it's, uh, I, I'm shamed. Uh, maybe um, and, and and there's so many things like I mean around that and uh, and uh, yeah this training taste and I got my own mentor uh, I was able to uh, discuss like my operational problems we built uh, the uh, hiring process together I mean uh, also I mean for some founders in Cocoon there's a lot of like only um, uh, self-development issues I mean how I can control my anger perfectionism how I can um, like practice impeccability there's so many different angles i mean how i can be more uh content or or on in in um in connection with myself and then my life journey and uh, and enjoy that and the uh, other thing i mean i had a lot of uh, feedback uh, the uh, the mentor i chose uh also uh like operational discussion because then i was a solo founder and now i have actually I got my co-founder, late co-founder, and uh, and that's actually I think as a result of the program as well, and as a gift. So basically, I have got a lot uh, from Cocoon. Uh, of course, you have to, I mean, yourself put yourself out mm. and, and vulnerable, and and uh, really ready to actually break or crack that person you were before you joined. You be ready to let go. I mean, it's it is tough, and I, I mean. Once I went to the training day, actually, someone said to me, okay, the cocoon is a program. When you actually leave the program, you leave the startup because, I mean, you learn that, I mean, you have to take care of yourself and startup is not the place. But <laughs> then I was laughing. It's not really the truth that you, you really have to leave the startup because startup is tough, sure. But, uh, but you maybe discover something yourself. I mean, what you really want to do. And then later you can come back. It's uh, it's a journey, like I said. We've been talking like for what, twenty minutes now, and usually, you know, when I talk to organizations similar like you, or I talk to uh, business owners or startups owners, either on the podcast or, or you know, as a mentor myself, we talk a lot about business issues. But it's been for twenty minutes we haven't talked at all about business issue. We've talked about like people, like the mindset, and. 
I've been interviewing more than 100 entrepreneurs on this, on, on this show. I've talked to, you know, I've been working with entrepreneurs for more than 20 years now. And I agree with you, entrepreneurship is first and foremost a mindset, but we never talk about it. What, what, why, do you think it why do you think is that? Let me, let me turn to, uh, to Marcel. Very easy thing because thought is the language of the mind. Mm. And we are too much focusing on thoughts to analyze our surroundings. Uh, thoughts are sensation like other sensation we have to digest our surroundings to process our environment, our experience. And now it's the time latest since COVID, I started earlier to focus on feelings because feelings is the language of the heart. And that's definitely the way where we go collectively as a species through the ever-changing environment and it will be really messy. And what can I change? I can only change how I see the world changing around me. Mm. So I feel time is ready now that we can finally also among investors, I deal a lot with investors, speak about let's, let's talk about the feelings, why I'm sad, why I'm depressed, why I'm happy, why I'm not happy, and why I'm doing what I'm doing because this is essential and many founders i have had the pleasure to work with they don't know and it's quite fascinating you walk somewhere but you don't even know why you walk this path and it's no wrong in just walking maybe it could be more fulfilling more excitement more joy let's assume if life is a journey why not making the most out of it and not outsourcing life as many do Mm -hmm. They get all the money, all the recognition, the security and the control, but the life they kind of outsource. And then they suddenly realize, like I had the health crisis in my head. At the end, it doesn't really matter what is the trigger moment if in your life. And then suddenly you realize, oh, wait a moment, there is something else. So I, I feel tremendously, it's so... Um, I'm blown away all the time when I see how incremental the change is now and what the blessing is Corona and all the things we have as a society. It's a pure blessing if you want to see it. But oh. you can also choose the other way around. You can also see it as obstacles, as ever, whatever, as the things you don't want to see. Do you remember the conversations you had with uh, Mariana? I, I remember Mariana, but I don't remember precisely the conversation we had yeah actually yeah you were making notes marcel and i said that you had discovered the new concept is zero gravity that uh, when uh, i i don't know maybe that you're discovering the new concepts every day but, uh, <laughs> but um for me uh, it was uh interesting uh like realization I, yeah <laughs> the zero gravity is important i always say it's the um staying sane in an insane world because you want to sit in this you know, the grandmother used to swing in those chairs back and forth and around the grandmother is the hurricane spinning around or if it's your business or the drama in the world and you just observe and and that's where you want to go. That's also the flow and the non-achieving because the mind wants to achieve, but the heart doesn't want to achieve. Also quite nice. Yeah. I thought you wanted to add uh, anything. Uh, I'm actually interested uh, how you feel right now. 
because now we have uh, took you in into our kind of field and uh, i'm pretty sure you can already feel it but i don't know how are you asking me yeah Risto <laughs> uh, actually was asking are you joining cocoon now <laughs> i would love to join i would love to join as a mentor yes <laughs> i've already told you that i'm really impressed by the fact that you know the focus is really on the personal growth and not and not on the business because again as i mentioned this is this is something that is so important and so underrated and my question again to, to back to you aristo is how did you come to that realization when did you realize that or the founder of cocoon when did they realize that you know they had to they had to have that focus this i cannot answer you because i did not uh, realize that Mm -hmm. uh, what I can answer is uh, why I joined it as a, a co-founder. What was the realization for me? Yes. Because before that, I did uh, all kinds of different stuff. I was coach and I was teacher and then I did some small, smaller businesses and then I started my startup and uh, led that one. But uh, for me, the realization was that uh, it did not matter what I do. I still feel bad. Meaning like objectively everything is good. I have like decent amount of money. I have a lot of people around who, who like me, how, who I like. And like uh, everything is moving. Like with my previous startup, we started to earn money from the fifth minute we launched the product. You get first paying customer, all good. But, uh, but still, for example, my blood pressure was uh, up. Like doctor said like, okay, you are 27, but you are going to take pills. Mm. I was like, uh, no way I will. <laughs> like, it's not going to happen. So my realization was that uh, the, the heart can only sing when uh, the person is doing things from the heart. And then things start to go well because the person feels good. And everyone around him or her starts to feel good. And then they want to do things together. Yes, share what they have. And this is also how the, how the companies grow, that we are together and we share what we have together. Yeah. As long as we are keeping in our own like silos, our thoughts, our feelings, like there are like, a lot of silos together in, in close area, doing something together, then actually there is no exchange. Yes, so nothing changes. But uh, from Rainsford, uh, how we found it out or kind of realized it, it, it was it's, uh, from his own uh, investment portfolio that uh, just everything he tried to give, it went wasted, meaning somehow it was not used. And then they started to make like really hard to hard conversations with founders. Like what is actually going on in your life? And from that, the, the picture started to get clearer that the, the real obstacles uh, or, or like the challenges are somewhere else. Uh, mm. and, uh, and from that, it uh, unfolded like that. Is it how you sell the concept? Because you mentioned earlier on uh, in a conversation that you had difficulty, you, you faced a lot of uh, rejections. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, startup funders, a lot of ego, uh, maybe a lot of money involved. I mean, how, how, do you, how do you get startup funders on board? This is a very good question because 
we have also hired some sales people and they also ask the same yes i need to train them okay. and i must admit i'm not very good at putting it into words how, how do i sell it i will have a meeting i will be absolutely open about my own vulnerability and then sometimes magic happens meaning the other side founder will also be open Mm. Uh, share what are the, the actual uh, things that are on her or his mind and then we will share and uh, have some experience together for example uh, as Mariana told she joined the training days which are like two day event not uh, not much uh, of investment yes and then through those two days uh, the person exactly gets the feeling like this is what they want or it's not what they want but uh, I, I must admit, I follow a lot of my gut feeling in those, uh, those um, conversations. Uh, I, I can easily ask uh, out of a blue, like, uh, but actually, how are the health of your children? Mm-hmm. For example, like out of a blue, because sometimes I just feel like, okay, there is something happening. And, uh, and then it, it starts to unfold. What about what about you, Marcel and Mariana? Same same question. How would you sell the concept to other startup funders? I I would not sell it because um, I'm I'm in I'm in this position personally. That's very personally where I don't want to achieve, um, where I feel I have accomplished what I want to accomplish, and that's a very privilege. I love companies who are not in desperation. I cannot say about Cocoon, I'm only a mentor, because customers, it's the same if you go for dating, they smell if you're desperate. So, and again, I'm not up for push business, I want a pull business. Because with push business, you go burn out, you go stress, you lose excitement and joy. So I would, similar what Risto mentioned, either the people feel it or they don't feel it and it's completely fine. Because there is always, there is this kind of risk of manipulation. We do subconsciously in sales in every business and you don't want this because it's a waste of time at the end. If you convince people who are not fully convinced internally to join, and even if they put money on the table, which money is equal commitment, it doesn't fix this um, firsthand feeling or excitement. And I always, I only work with clients who are curious, A, and B, committed. Yeah. Because that is what is missing in this beautiful world is usually the commitment. We are still quite curious as entrepreneur. The world is a fascinating place full of opportunities, but then the commitment is already another question. Yeah. Because commitment has responsibilities and even worse, commitment has some kind of an execution and we want to lie on a beach and enjoy the fruits of life. Usually we are lazy Mm. animals, I say. Mm. So, so are, are you saying that the startup funders who would like to join Cocoon, they must already realize that something is wrong with them? I would say it has to fit their philosophy of life. If, they, if, they're, if, if they're in a hustler mode, it can be 
but if they let's say not feel attracted to the concept that we maybe not talk that much about operation more about how is it looking inside of them so if they do not feel this tempting i think it's also wise better to not join the program because mm. they their excitement or maybe their expectation i so far had no clients who have not had expectations gap maybe Christo can explain that if there was i don't believe there were many but there is always a risk that expectations are not matched if you i always say if you look for business coaching solely there are tons of other alternatives you don't need to join cocoon it's mm. quite clear what is cocoon and what is not right mariana i was uh, looking at you you were nodding in improvement <laughs> how would you sell how would you sell cocoon to other owners yeah i'm i'm um, actually i've been talking about that with uh, with Krista as well and uh, about uh, creating alumni group uh, of cocoon members um, yeah. um, and uh, maybe um, looking at this point as well because they are giving a lot of value uh, to the participants and you're working one year with them and it would be really cool later to have these alumni groups as well maybe who's not actively because you make a break and then you you practice what you learned and you want to like with that with everything you uh, some intensity you want to go to some lower intensity and other focus and uh, and not of, of course it doesn't mean you don't take a focus away from self-development because it's once there it's always there but maybe practicing other ways and 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 you actually learned a lot and then you go yourself because you want to go yourself as well <laughs> not always with a mentor but the mentor stayed with me and actually i'm continue working and maybe expanding but i learned in cocoon to my uh, my team as well and going from one person to the team because otherwise you actually grow with your mindset to another level but you have to take a team with you um uh, about um but Rista said before, I mean, how he's selling again, selling. I really like what Marcel said about selling and not convincing people who are not really ready uh, mm. still to join. And uh, and uh, I totally agree with that. Uh, and uh, and with our uh, Risto, I mean, what is his? I I I have told him as well. He's uh, he has uh, he has a superpower to make people to talk. And uh, that's his superpower. When you want, I mean, you feel like, I mean, you want to talk with someone, but you, you just, it's really tough to open up. And maybe he touches very calmly those points, actually, and, and you open up. And you, you, I started to speak with Risto uh, openly about topics I have never spoke to anyone, and I don't know how he does it. I didn't plan, <laughs> I didn't want to do it, but I did it. And and I have I have first when I I started to um, uh, like meet the cocoon people and and uh, and talk with them then uh, I was surprised by uh, by by the ability actually really to make people talk and that's actually a risk of not selling but I I think he will see that this person is ready to open up and that's his cut feeling if it works then it works if it doesn't it doesn't. And, uh, and uh, when I'm talking about uh, my journey and, and I'm really uh, with other founders when we are talking or I mean, I, I'm proud to mention very often that I've been in a cocoon program for one year and uh, I've shared my experience. So basically I'm not selling anything, but I share my experience. 
and if they're interested, then uh, yeah, I, I have done some intros to Risto as well. But I mean, that's a, a really like a, the point. I mean, with everything, I already. I mean, some some people they think they want to do something, and instead, like a really gap between like thinking I I'm interested in, and you talk about I'm interested in self development, but do you really do something? And maybe you're interested in being more in in, in a better shape or uh, being more healthy, uh, like uh, whatever. But you say that, but what you do? It's a, like a gap between your uh, thoughts, again, like Christo said, thoughts and then actions. So how you can actually put things into action. That's a, also a very interesting topic uh, for me. And actually after Cocoon, I, I really love to observe, I mean, the topics I'm into. Let's say um, this uh, last week, I, I was really thinking about luck. I don't know, like, I mean, when you, I mean, how luck works. Is it something, I mean, you really can put the work for yourself? I mean, you being impeccable, whatever you do, can can something that, that does this kind of phenomenon actually exist? <laughs> and then this kind of thing. So I, I like to uh, figure out, like, I mean, seeing my own thoughts and see why they are coming. And I like to go more deeper. I mean, why this topic is important to me and etc. So this, this is also something like, I mean, how you discovering or perceiving the world every day after cocoon. What a testimonial, Risto. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's pretty good one, yes. That's pretty good one. So, but if there are any founders listening and now just thinking like, okay, but I don't know if I'm like the right one or if I'm ready or then I think one of the best questions is just to be very honest, how much do I feel that I'm responsible for the outcome of my life? Like it sounds simple question, but it's hard to be honest there because first reaction is, of course, I know I'm like fully responsible of my life and all that comes out. That's not true usually. But if there is this question and this is something that is interesting for this founder, to actually find out or like this spark something, then I think it's already a pretty good basis to, to start the exploration of uh, maybe it is something for me. Nice. Mariana, let me go back to you um, with a follow-up question. What, what have you learned about yourself through Cocoon and how has it impacting, impacted your business? Um, I have, uh, yeah, I actually attached many points already, uh, but the first one when I started the cocoon, I, I um, and this is very like a personal stuff as well, I, I felt like I'm really lacking empathy. So mm. I, I think I, I trained myself in, uh, in my legal and lawyer career, uh, because you, you can't think or you cannot take things like really inside or you be empathic. I mean, people losing all the time, it's a fight zone. So basically with everything, it's always like a two parties and uh, and it's not win-win very often. I mean, even though you're looking to win-win still you uh, and, and and in a legal way, always someone wants to think a little bit more. So uh, it's, um, and, and actually, yeah, I trained myself like I felt like I'm in a super self-confident. I mean, I can go through whatever war zone uh, and I, I really trained myself not to like being like vulnerable or empathetic or I mean people around me when they like, I, I explained to Rista as well and I can talk uh, here as well uh, I mean people around me when they started to cry I only felt anger so why 
you're not strong why you're doing it to me i mean i have like put myself into that i mean trained myself i've been there i've done that i mean why you cannot hold your back or control yourself go to the forest do the sport i mean find the solution i mean to be stronger <laughs> mm. and why i was not empathic why i didn't i was not able to see or feel or take it with me or understanding what people feel and that was like a starting point where i felt like as a startup founder i cannot lead a team with this kind of mindset and uh, and i discovered that that was not the problem that i was not empathic but i uh, and i actually learned a lot about empathy and then all different kinds of like uh, actions like i mean when people are talking about the problems how you can be uh, like a, a solution based actions and then the empathic and then the, and uh, sympathetic actions whatever but uh, uh, something I, I was curious again i mean how empathy works and what is it really i mean how is it trainable and this kind of question i think I think it's uh yeah the curiosity drives uh self-development i mean noticing being present and then noticing what's happening with me what are those topics actually running inside me and where where they are coming why they're active and i i yeah i learned a lot of, of uh, noticing those things and then discovering uh, making the beast with those things when they're coming up and i don't like it uh the outcome let's say and then, and, and yeah, empathy was the first thing I, I started to work with and then to understand, I mean, um, me, like, I mean, when I was doing my career and being successful there, I mean, who's Mariana? That was the, like a role I was taken and, and then the shield and then I was totally confident in it, in it. But if we take it away, who's that person? What that person likes? Who, who who that person likes i mean who i am now when i i'm not in that role and i'm, I'm i went out of that that box basically <laughs> naked who i am and that, that was something i i really wanted to learn more about myself and uh, that actually that journey uh started uh with cocoon wow impressive very deep now say what what sort of uh, uh common issues do you do you think uh, well, do you, do you see uh, funders that you have mentored struggle with? Um, definitely self-belief, like, and compensation, I would say, but that's really the entrepreneurial journey is we compensate because success is a compensation of something. Of course, also it happens in career, career path. But I have astonishingly often see entrepreneurs compensating like lack of love and recognition from childhood, resulting in being successful, like having three companies, but not being fulfilled, still not being really recognized or on a very deep level, I, I kind of believe we need recognition to exist. So it starts as a small child, we look for this recognition, and we look at this also as entrepreneurs, we want to get and it, it's nothing against being recognized, of course. It's just you need to be aware of the compensation and your own belief, like I had yesterday a mentoring and I asked how much of the actually doing the action he's doing in his life and the beliefs he has is like fulfilling or positive supporting his mission of whatever is 
in this life. He said only 30%. Mm. So his self-esteem was way too low. So that's common. There is also the other extreme. I don't like extremes. So it can be also overconfidence. And that's, that's really destructive. Being proud of, I had one entrepreneur making 250 million in the past from public speaker. He was a Tony Robbins of the 80s, very impressive profile. But now he's, as an entrepreneur, not able to execute anymore, to perform anymore, because he's too proud of himself. The, the, the diagnosis of being too proud and too accomplished and that's when spirit Lego comes in. If you stop listening to others, you think you have developed the con. And that's also a good reminder for mentors. You know yourself, I, I keep practicing it a lot. If entrepreneurs are always also immediately mentoring other entrepreneurs, inspiring, it's really good reminder to, to stay humble enough and to say, I am nothing and I am everything, you're both, but not to, um, not to take it too serious and to be attached too much about our thoughts and concepts and ac accomplishments. All right, uh, we're, coming, we're coming to the, to the end of that uh, conversation. So one, one last question for you guys. Take, take all the experience that you have as an entrepreneur, as a, you know, a mentor, a mentee through Cocoon, through your life. What is that one practical recommendation that you will give to startup funders? Let me start with Aristo. Uh, if I can only pick one, then it is practicing conflicts. <laughs> and what I mean with that is uh, that there will be a lot of conflicts between people. Uh, during the journey of uh, building a company and during the journey of being alive. It's impossible that there are always two sides and their wants or needs are like just aligned. No, they can be like, so from first glance, see like they are opposite, yes, which means conflict. And, uh, and to actually practice conflict and make some kind of structure, how we with co-founders, for example, use conflict, how we behave, what are our needs uh, of support after the conflict. Someone needs to be alone. Someone needs to have a good word. Through that, we, we learn how to actually use conflict so that we get the positive out of it, some new knowledge, because conflict, when done well, always leads to a new knowledge. Something mm -hmm. we will know because we will combine the views, yes, and get the best out of it. So, and uh, focusing on that element more in the beginning uh, helps them prevent uh, classes uh, later on because more will be shared when it happens in the in the moment because we always say that power lies in the moment moment if i'm angry now i feel anger i i, I need to like just tell like right now i feel anger uh, if i'm telling it two years later there is like huge points of this situations where I did not uh, communicate myself. And now the valuation of the company is not like, I don't know something, but it's hundreds of millions. So like the, there is some added complexity. The teams that can have conflicts so that they get positive out of it, I have like huge belief in. Thank you. What about you, uh, Mariana? Yeah, it's actually a tough question. And, um, and there's so many, I mean, 
things. Uh, I mean, I was actually, when I was listening, Krista, I was thinking um, about what you asked. And I mean, when I have been meeting other founders and talking with them and understanding, I mean, where they are, where, where is their struggle and, and what they, where is their focus and why they are not happy or something. I mean, I, I see, you see immediately there's something, I mean, everyone is struggling in a startup, especially early stage to get the product market fit, to get the customers, to keep the customer, to keep the product going. Um, I mean, to have the best people, I mean, so many areas. Mm -hmm. And actually what I have figured out and something I would, um, I would say to other founders is um, uh, to remind yourself maybe you don't have to do it every day but i see that when you are starting as a as a founder then you have a like a big dream or i mean something you want to change in the world and have an impact and and uh, and uh, like a goodwill to put into that and when the years are coming uh, going and maybe you struggle with your mris or these kind of business goals which are coming in from the investors you forget about it why you even started i mean who cares about that i mean one percent mri growth i mean think about what why you started are you doing it really and they are like forgetting about that and that's something you should remind yourself, I mean, forget about the investors, forget about everything, why I am here right now and why I'm doing it. And what was my dream? Is it done? Beautiful. I, yeah. I love it. Start with why, Simon Sinek, purpose, love it. <laughs> Marcel, what about you? One practical recommendation. Start to meditate because meditation will solve everything else. It's almost like sales will fix everything in your company meditation will fix everything you can detach you become less serious and the best you become very clear because here you cannot fake this you can fake here the heart you can't fake it's pure try uh, try to fake love it's impossible the feeling of love so try to meditate and the rest unfolds Great, thank you very much for your time, the three of you. Risto, maybe a last word from you, anything that you would like to add? I wanted to go very practical here, like uh, something that takes five seconds a day. Mm. Uh, it's my best, like my favorite practice is uh, self-hug. Like to actually take and hug yourself once a day with good words, meaning like, Risto, you're a pretty nice guy. Uh, I will be with you till the end of your life. I, I will support you. And this already changed like a lot. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Again, thank you very much to the three of you. I really enjoyed this conversation. And uh, thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please subscribe to my podcast so you never miss any. See you next time. Bye-bye.